0: Welcome to the Dry Eye Coach podcast series, Click on Dry Eye, your insider path to the most exclusive dry topic. The series will raise awareness about the current and future state of ocular surface disease. The podcast will focus on a variety of topics.
1: Well, welcome to our Industry Spotlight. My name is Walt Whitley, and we also have Tracy Dahl here with us as well. And our Thank guest today, our guest today is Peter Salsting, who's a global head product development and Chief Medical Officer at Santon Pharmaceuticals.
2: Welcome, Peter. Thank you so much, Waldron. Appreciates appreciate having me.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you here. And thank you for being a sponsor for Click on Dry Eye. But we wanna focus here on Santon. Can you tell us how long you've been with, with Santon and what is your current role?
2: Absolutely. So um, I've been with the company now for close to uh, three and a half years. Uh, before that, spent most of my pharmaceutical career um, with uh, with Novartis and um, Alcon.
0: What does your day to day work entail?
2: So, um, you know, um, just I, I was just recently um, kind of given this um, additional um, task of being the chief medical officer here at um, at and So, you know, from from a kind of a day to day. Um, so it's a global role, so from that perspective it's really you know trying to understand the um, the changes going on um, globally um, you know depends upon its social, economical um, technological, but it's really about you know how, how better we can actually help our patients so um, the, the kind of drive to try to bring forward uh, the, the insights uh, with regards to the patients. That's been really, you know, one, one of the core principles, I would say, of Santon for the last 130 years since they've been around. Yeah,
1: and, we're, and we're, we've been really excited working with Santon, um, you know, with, within the eye care space. So what are the biggest current and future growth areas and opportunities in eye care?
2: Uh, that's a good question. Um, so, so I think you know th- there is obviously, as we all know, that there is a huge unmet medical need, and I think you know it's um, always going to be there. Um, but I think it also depends upon the kind of the, the maturity of the country or region. You know, if it's a developed or developing country. Um, but but overall, I would say you know the 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 need for innovation remains and. So I think, you know, we're quite uniquely uh, situated uh, since we cover basically all areas of um, ophthalmology, you know, it's from glaucoma, front of the eye to, to back of the eye. Uh, most recently, we've also kind of versed into gene and cell therapy. So, um, you know, overall, I, I think people are definitely, you know, interested in innovation that has a positive um, impact, creating an easier life. Um, for instance, you know, needing to have uh, less drops um, of any kind of um, medication or much longer, you know, duration. Um, so, so I think, you know, that, that, that's really what um, patients are um, looking for. And, you know, and another area where we kind of have dwelt into most recently, of course, is um, myopia, Uh, which is a huge um, issue, particularly um, here in the um, Asia region, uh, in China, where it's just most recently, you know, has been uh, recognized as a national health issue by the um, Chinese CDE. Um, And as I mentioned, you know, last few years, there has been also an uptick in uh, gene therapy options. Although I, I would dare to say they're actually still uh, relatively limited. So I think, you know, overarchingly, there is a huge area still where um, we can actually still bring forward um, new innovation. But uh, as I mentioned, you know, myopia is definitely one of our key areas um, as uh, from, from santon's perspective.
0: Now, santon isn't new to being um, part of a global leader in healthcare. Can you tell us a little bit more about what their legacy is and um, where Santin came from?
2: Absolutely. So, um, so Santin was established more than 130 years ago, um, and, and it has grown quite considerably the uh, the last you know five to ten years. Um, but ophthalmology has always been uh, an area where we've been focused upon, and uh, so so I would dare to say you know we, we understand this quite well after 130 years. Today we, we have a presence uh, in, in most areas of the world, so approximately 70 countries and increasing. Uh, originally uh, from Japan, this is also where we have um, our headquarters. But literally, you know, we, we're we're covering most geographies: um, Japan, China, Asia, Europe. Uh, most recently, also now um, here in the States. Um, core domain-wise, um, you know, it's it's glaucoma, dry eye allergy, and um, as I mentioned before, you know, most recently we also added some additional new domains, uh, such as, for instance, um, myopia or ptosis or gene and cell therapy. So, um, that's a bit about the background.
1: Mm-hmm. So, globally, how many patients have sent uh, global products treated?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a uh, big <laughs> question, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for, from a global perspective, I think that that would be, um, you know, quite tricky to answer. You know, uh, back then, 130 years ago, I don't think the uh, they were really, <laughs> you know, counting and checking this. But um, but I think you know, if we just look at our um, product portfolio, it, it's really vast, quite frankly, and you know, it often varies between countries to countries. So if you take, for instance, Europe. You have different, um, you know, drugs um, that we have in Germany compared to uh, France. You know, often it also has to do something with reimbursement and so forth. So um, I think, you know, overarchingly, it would be really <laughs> hard for me to, to, to say. Um, but I think, you know, if we were just looking also about the uh, the portfolio in general and you know what we have right now is the um upcoming launch of uh, Vertazium which is a uh, product um, uh, indicated for VKC um mm-hmm. which uh, is obviously you know uh, as you know in uh, orphan disease resembling um, allergic conjunctivitis really impacting you know the, the lives of the um the children particularly in important years such as you know when, when they're starting school so um you know, if you, you don't have a treatment, it's really impacting their ability to learn, you know, creating stigmas and uh, so forth. So, so we're really happy uh, that we actually have this um, opportunity. And th- this is, you know, th- this is um, one of our first treatment options that we are bringing here um, to the U.S. So, so that's why we're really excited about that.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm excited
0: is- for a treatment for VKC, aren't you, all?
2: Oh,
1: definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, so as we're talking about that, Can you just explain for our listeners, you know, what is VKC and its prevalence within the United States, including why it affects children largely over adults?
2: Yeah, so so VKC, as I mentioned, I mean, this is, you know, it it, it resembles really, so so it's a vernal uh, carotid conjunctivitis, and it really resembles that of an allergic uh, conjunctivitis. You have inflammation, heritus also often in these patients, and Often you see this, you know, starting in um, ages of, you know, age of four, five years of age, and it actually does go up uh, all the way until um, adolescence, and um, sometimes even up into adulthood. So it's not necessarily just, uh, you know, focused upon um, younger children, but it, it actually spans um, uh, quite, uh, quite long, so to speak. Um, if we're just looking, you know, from a geographical perspective, I mean, um, initially, you know, this is a disease that uh, was particularly predominant in the more kind of uh, drier areas, uh, if I can call it that way. But uh, obviously, with a lot of movement, with a lot of changes also in the environment, I think we, we were seeing an uptick here. Um, It it, it is an orphan disease, so so the number of patients is, of course, uh, still limited, but that's why it's so important that we actually have a treatment option, because otherwise, I mean, this is a disease that would have been easily forgotten, and I think, you know, often it is misdiagnosed ways, for instance, um, allergic conjunctivitis. So I think, you know, it is absolutely critical that um, physicians and optometrists who perhaps, you know, see also these patients actually get a very good understanding of, um, you know, what it is, how to diagnose it, and then, of course, you know, being able to treat them.
0: Can you explain uh, to our listeners um, how, you know, the severity of this condition really affects the lives of the patients? Because while it looks kind of like an allergic reaction, it's Far more severe than that right
2: yeah no absolutely absolutely and i was trying to kind of allude to this you know you, you really have this um this issue because it is very uh, you know it's very severe itching it is extremely you know painful condition um patients often has also uh bad paritis. so they, they really have difficulties in even attending school and all the complications that follows with that. Um, so I think, you know, having treatment options like Verkazia, where you can actually get the lives back on track for these patients so they can go to school, so they can go out and play with their friends, I think is absolutely critical. So um, yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a quite severe disease.
1: So P- Peter, can you talk about Ver- Verkazia? Ha- so how does it work?
2: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, basically what we're talking here about is a um non emulsion utilizing a um, technology It's called NovaSorb. Um, and, and, and basically what, what we're trying to do here is to have that emulsion bind to the um, ocular surface and utilizing here the difference, you know, the electrical charges, so to speak, between positive and negative. So basically what this uh, technology that we're utilizing does is it actually maintains uh, the, um, the emulsion for a longer period of time um, on the um, ocular surface and thus allowing it really to um, penetrate and do what it's supposed to be doing. So that's in a nutshell, high level.
0: Drug delivery is so important. I love now how um, these, these innovations are coming up with ways to get the drug to the surface and better and stay longer.
1: So what are some of the critical studies uh, in regards to Vercasia approval in the United States?
2: Yeah, so, so I think, you know, the um, the main study that we conducted uh, was the um, Vectis trial, um, which is our uh, phase three program, uh, where we uh, really, you know, looked at um, different doses um, of, um, uh, of Vercasia. Um, and, and basically, this was a trial, you know, it's a four months and then a follow-up, 12 months and you were actually able to see that statistical difference and that impact that it has on the patient. So we really are, you know, excited about having uh, that data where we can really show the, the impact that it has and how much better actually the patients can get uh, with the treatment.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you remind me, what is the dosing and duration of therapy for Vercasia?
2: Yeah, so, so in this case, uh, so, so we're utilizing it, it, it's um, four times a day uh, dosing and um, agree, you know, it might be a bit, um, it, it might sound uh, tedious, but at the same time, you know, if you're uh, considering the impact that it has on the patient's life, um, you know, I think it's it's definitely worthwhile uh, with that. And um, it's it cyclosporine, so it's a 0.1 uh, percentage concentration. Oh, okay.
0: Well, many of our patients who are suffering from ocular surface issues are already using things four times a day. So it doesn't actually seem out of the wheelhouse for treating things on the front surface of the eye. Um, so why is the Vercasi FDA approved in the United States so significant to patients and your company, as opposed to other treatments and how are, you know, compared to other things that they had used before?
2: So, um, so yeah, so, so I think you know, the the, the reason why it's so significant um, is, of course the fact that there hasn't really been a treatment option indicated for BKC previously. So um, you know, in the past the physicians tried to treat the patients with whatever amatorium they had, um, to, you know, to steroids or to, um, or so be. So, so I think you know, having something which um, is readily available, which is so to speak at the shelf and um, approved, is absolutely critical. And um, you know, you, you actually have studies, therefore also to to support it, to back it up. So uh, hopefully that also gives uh, physicians uh, and particularly the patients, the parents, the um, the confidence that this is really you know something that um, is really gonna be, how to say, um, helpful and useful for them. So um, that's why I, I personally think that this is really great because there was nothing out there previously. Everything else was you know, off label, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, You know, when we're thinking about the, the treatments that we had previously, it was steroids and we could use some allergy drops as well, but we're using these in young kids and thinking about the chronic use of this medication. Can you speak to the safety profile uh, for Vercasia?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so I think you know if we're just looking at uh, you know from a clinical trial perspective, um, haven't really seen anything besides you know what is well known from you know usage of um, cyclosporin, so to speak. Um, so there is nothing else that we've seen that actually pops out from it. Um, and like I said, I mean, th- this, is, th- this drug now is actually not just approved here in the US, but we also have it uh, around the world. So we're getting more and more safety data. And um, so far, like I said, um, everything according to what we know from um, previous cyclosporine treatments.
0: So my main concern when I have to treat you know younger kids with steroids is an increase in um, interocular pressure. And your data does not show that there's an increase in interocular pressure, correct?
2: That's correct, mm-hmm.
1: Peter. We're gonna we're gonna switch gears, going back to, to Saint North America, and you know, can you talk about the current p- product portfolio? We're are aware of the uh, acquisition for Ivant and, and those products there. So, can you talk about the whole portfolio within North America as well as what the pipeline is?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, just as we've been talking, of course, Vercasium, um, you know, which um, which we're launching now. Then um, also Ivans um, that we just um, recently um, um, purchased. Um, I think they have a variety of uh, different products. They are treating, you know, from type of um, um, Tolbrodex to, for instance, uh, Fresh Coat, um, which is a, a, again another, you know, great product for treatment of um, dry eye. Um, so, you know, with, with Ivans, I think, you know, we've been able to bring a uh, relatively um, good portfolio to patients. And, you know, if we're looking at the um, the pipeline per se for North America, um, one of the next ones that we're focused upon is in the treatment of glaucoma. Uh, we have um, uh, hopefully what well, we're going to be resubmitting relatively soon, um, Ibellus, we got there, unfortunately, a CRL due to some um uh, external manufacturing issues. Um, but we're planning to resubmit that uh shortly and hopefully by the end of the year, um get also an approval. So you have that. Then you also have um other um uh, compounds in the field of glaucoma coming up, uh like for instance hepatoprost um which is an fp 3 um agonist um and then um You know, obviously, you know, longer down the line, um, as we mentioned previously, uh, we, we are very much focused upon myopia, and we don't necessarily just see that as a disease. Which we see predominantly um, in in Asia, but obviously that's also something that impacts us um, in the U.S. So, so from that perspective, that's another you know uh, treatment options that we're hoping to bring um, to the forefront, you know, uh, hopefully um, uh, within the next uh, few years in the U.S. But, but you know, at the end of the day, what we're really trying to um, aim for is to provide a broad base of uh, different um, therapeutic um, to the patient, also in the U.S., um, and, and that usually covers, as I said, everywhere where we're active: glaucoma, dry eye, um, and so forth. Yeah, I
1: mean, with with the uh, would bring on IVANCE. I mean, this uh, portfolio. I mean, Zerviate comes to mind right now, and right now is allergy season, so I'm sure Tracy, you as well, have been prescribing a lot of that, and it's been very effective yep. uh, for our patients with it with the itch and ocular allergy. When we mm-hmm. look at Flarex, the broad indication that it has for patients with, with uh, ocular surface disease, we have Tobin XSD, as you just mentioned, uh, Peter, for blepharoconjunctivitis in those patients with inflammation and, and just mm-hmm. the irritation. But I'm going to go back to Bricasia because we know it's cyclosporine 0.1%. Right. So are there any pipeline, is, there, is, is that in the pipeline for dry eye or severe keratitis mm-hmm. down the road?
2: Yeah, I mean, in um, in Europe, actually, we have um, the same compound that goes under um, Icaris. We actually have that approved there for for the treatment of um, dry eye. So we're, we're considering, you know, different options of uh, potentially bringing um, something similar um, to the US. Um, still needs to talk to the agency about the best path forward, but um, definitely something that we could be looking into.
0: So how do you continue to contribute to addressing the unmet needs of patients? How does SETIN do that well?
2: Yeah, so, so I think, you know, one of the things that we've really um, been pushing for- Forward, just like many other companies, quite frankly, and perhaps we're just a bit late to catching up, but um, it's uh, utilizing, of course, um, you know, patient advocacy to to get that patient insights. Um, we're working very closely together, also with um, NGOs, so, so we have a collaboration on, ongoing with um, with Orbis, so trying to see, you know, through their work as well getting those um, additional insights, and then, of course, you know, working very closely together with um, academia. We have our research centers um, across the world uh, where we actually have the opportunity to to get that um, top-notch insights with regards to, you know, truly um, innovative new pathways, and they're, you know, always based upon that a need of the patient. So it's a combination, right? I mean, both seeing the patients, but as well also just doing more research, theoretical work.
0: So how long have you been active with the United States? How long has Santin been here?
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I think, you know, um, we, the, the, this is for the lack of a better word, uh, kind of our um, s- second attempt. Um, I think, you know, the um, historically, Santon was uh, made a, a, a minor um, entrance back in the early 2000s, um, but um, kind of didn't um, have that pipeline, that depth, uh, so to speak, in, in order to be really um, successful. So we've been, um, we've been assets of trying to get new compounds here um, out on the market for the last um, 10 years or so. So uh, we're finally there. We finally made it. So uh, we're very much you know grateful and very much looking forward to that.
0: We're all excited too. so thank you for making the jump over here.
1: Oh, definitely. And it's a great opportunity. Just with that portfolio that we were just discussing earlier and you know getting the opportunity to work you know, within, uh, with it with all the various uh, the eye care professionals, with academia, with, with various uh, um, institutions. So to what extent does San collaborate with industry, academia and government in advancing its work uh, overall? And can you provide some examples?
2: Yeah, so so as I mentioned, I mean, we we do try to particularly, you know, get that, those um, um, patient insights and utilizing NGOs, because particularly, you know, with with regards to, you know, working with governments, I think that that always becomes a bit tricky, particularly in certain areas uh, of the world. So we're trying there to work either through um, certain societies or respectively, as I mentioned, um, any types of um, NGOs. Um, when it comes to, you know, um, industry, of course, we're very much uh, supportive of collaborations, um, trying to um, gather insights uh, from uh, potentially, you know, other uh, players, not necessarily within ophthalmology, but uh, just to kind of share best practices and so forth. And then, as I mentioned, our academy from an academical perspective, um, we have close collaboration, for instance, ongoing with the um, Singapore Eye Research um, uh, Institute, um, then also with um, University of College in London. So really trying to you know tap into the uh, the, the great work that is happening in academia.
0: Do you have any localized home bases for Santa North America here? And um, if so, where are those going to be located?
2: Well, yeah, I I presume you're asking, you know, our locations. And um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we are um, our main area, um, our main headquarters in the U.S. um, is um, the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, That's where we've been also the the last uh, couple of years. Then now, most recently, of course, uh, with the um, with the um, integration of Ivans, um, we we also have presence in Texas, um, and then from previously, uh, with the um, uh, purchase of uh, Infocus, uh, we also had some presence in Florida. So, um, yeah, those, those those are kind of the the main three areas where we're at.
1: Peter, if any of our colleagues have any questions about uh, any of the products, whether it's Vercasia or anything within the portfolio, uh, who can they contact?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, um, obviously, first of all, um, I guess, I mean, they can always reach out to um, our MedInfo team. Um, they, they would be able to have that information um, uh, or respectively, you know, you, you can always reach out to our Corpcoms uh, communication team, and I think, you know, they they can also help. So um, either or works, but perhaps starting up with Medinfo.
0: So you have medical science liaisons, is that right?
2: Yes, correct. I mean, you, you can also reach out to, um, to them, you know, if you can get a hold of them, they're very, very busy. <laughs> but um, definitely, you can also talk to the the MSLs, um, but if you w- want to make sure that you get a more quicker answer, I guess, yeah, medium for communication, but MSLs, absolutely.
1: You know, I had another question that I just popped up. So what is the sales team right now? Uh, how big is it? Uh, how many team members do you all have throughout the country in North America?
2: Well, you know, a, for, from a pure um, size perspective, um, can't necessarily comment on that, but we make sure that you know, there are um, enough um, sales up there to um, satisfy the needs uh, for visits, etc., cetera, um, from the physicians. So you can definitely count on We We make sure that uh, we're there.
0: Is there anything else you'd want our listeners to know about Santon uh, North America in general?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so I think, you know, uh, one, one of the things that we talked about a uh, bit about, you know, what, what makes um, Santon special and one of the things that i'm really excited about is that particularly in today's um, industry you see so many companies kind of opting out of ophthalmology um for for And th- this is our bread and butter so so we're here to stay literally so so from that perspective this is uh, kind of what we're good at this is what we're focused upon um and we welcome any types of collaboration you know with um with um, academia, with industry, with government, with, you know, physicians, uh, so patients, um, to to get those um, connections, to get that collaboration um, ongoing, because we're really, you know, keen on um, ensuring that we can actually be providing uh, good service. Um, so from that perspective, um, yeah, I mean, please feel free to, to reach out because we're really, you know, happy and grateful about this opportunity to be able to serve the uh, the U.S. market.
0: Thank you, Peter, for coming on the Click on Dry podcast today and sharing your expertise about Santin and their growing role in the U.S. marketplace. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And um, sharing with our listeners about what's coming up in the pipeline and all the exciting innovations that are there that are going to be in existence to help our future patients.
1: Thanks, Peter.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciated the opportunity to talk about science and thank you.